This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to break the silence and open up the dialogue around the topics of miscarriage and baby loss. No more shame. No more taboo. Let's ditch it for the sake of our children. The ones who are, the ones who will come. And in memory of the ones who never came to be. This is the Worst Girl Gang Ever podcast. Hello. Uh, oh, that was quite downbeat. <laughs> <We're>, uh, <laughs> I was hey, trying to think of this I was trying to think of a song that we've not already sung. I was about to say, guess who's back, but we've already done that one. Um, so I feel like... Hang on, what's that Adele one? Hello. Well, we've already done that one. No, that's not even Adele. That was, is it me you're looking for? They actually sound very, very similar. Do the they? Start of okay. those two songs. <laughs> but neither of them sounded anything like that though, right? No, probably <laughs> not. Um, what's, how's the Adele one go? Can you, because that's going to me. How Hello from the other side of the microphone. Yeah. I must have cried a thousand times. Oh, tried, tried. Oh, I always thought it was cool. Must have tried it. <laughs> oh, I think it might be actually. To let you know, that <laughs> I'm tell I'm you I'm sorry. But it me, Adele. Yeah. If you're listening, can you let us know on that? <laughs> oh, you need some backing. Marks out of ten. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, right. What were we talking right. about this week then? So this week, um, Pinky. Oh my God, do you remember that? When we first started. I think I was the brain, actually. I don't think. <laughs> I, you actually, I think you probably were. Today, Pinky, it. we're going to take over the world. Anyway, we're going to talk today about a little bit about guilt and shame. Yeah. Some of the uglies that we don't talk about as much. No. Go along the lines anger, of anger, jealousy, and, resentment. Yeah. You know, and I think in a way that's the easy stuff to talk about because you can we make everything funny of. <laughs> but you can talk about being angry and make it quite funny. Yeah, this Can't is vulnerable you? stuff, isn't it? It's really vulnerable and it's really I think it takes a lot, it takes a lot of humility to be able to say, uh, I'm ashamed of myself. Mm. And if it's the way you feel, it's a really isolating place to be because um Someone like someone I can't remember. Someone in a professional capacity must have been one of my many counselors that I've seen over the years. <laughs> said that um, shame is like self hatred, hmm. which kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Because we often feel that real deep sense of I don't like myself. Yeah, self loathing, self loathing, and it's awful. And it's I think if you. Um, if you write a list of all the things that you feel about yourself and then you read it, but you read it as if you're telling your best friend that, or if you've got a, a child, you're telling your child that it, it actually turned. And someone did that to me. One of my latest counselor, who I love therapist through better help, actually, you know, who we got sponsored by. Mm. 
she did that to me and she said now imagine that you're telling your child all those things about themselves like and I cry I couldn't stop crying because mm. I'd written such a horrible list about myself the way I felt about myself that you wouldn't imagine telling anyone that you love that stuff no and that's what we should we shouldn't be doing we shouldn't be telling ourselves these things we should be loving ourselves but it's so much easier said than done isn't it yes so much easier said than done when you can't get pregnant and everyone around you is or when you miscarry and there's no known cause um you tend to just blame blame yourself don't you and your mind goes absolutely crazy with all of the things that are wrong with you or that you've done wrong that could have caused this to happen yeah yeah and you feel that kind of um you know we talked a bit in the last episode about how I didn't have periods and stuff and I definitely felt like that that sort of shame of being a woman but not quite a woman Mm. looking like a woman but not operating like a woman and our gender is obviously not dictated by the whether or not we can conceive and carry a child but we've been so indoctrinated into thinking that it's a sort of historical belief that we hold as as women Mm. as a society we haven't let that go I don't think it we're certainly working towards it but it's definitely still a perception that many many women hold which makes this makes loss so difficult Mm. and you start questioning your self-worth and then you question your place in the world and all of those things just make you feel so low and so shit about you're so ashamed so ashamed of of yourself and your body and and also I know that you will um be able to comment more on this but you felt so much um guilt about not being able to provide your husband with a child didn't you yeah yeah I did it was a long old road and there were times when I was fed up with it and would say to him you know you can if you if there's nothing wrong with you then you could you can still go and have a baby with someone else Mm. um yeah and I've mentioned before about the dreams I used to have about him shacking up with someone else and getting her pregnant (laughs) yeah I used to tell him about them and he'd get the hump um but yeah it was obviously my my, uh subconscious being uber paranoid and um yeah I I think it's it's a very natural uh, conclusion to come to, though, I think. And I think it's one that lots of women have in this situation of just you feel like you're kind of holding your other half back from what they may want in their lives. And that's... um, Do you know, I always... My mother-in-law is downstairs at the moment, but I always worried that she felt like that as well. But she never gave me any reason to think that. But I always thought, what must she think that her little boy has shacked up with someone whose bits don't work? Um, yeah, God, it's just Which is, so much is, paranoia. It's mad though, isn't it? Because if you flip that, if you slam down, flip it and reverse it, would you go down, flip it and reverse it? Like if my thinking in the future, if my son... Um, met someone and they tried to start a family and she had losses like you had 
I can't imagine having anything but absolute love, support, empathy mm. for for their the the shit that they were going through as a couple. Yeah. And it's crazy, isn't it? Because I I that's that must be how your mother-in-law felt. You don't see once once a f- you try and start a family and stuff, you see it as a as a couple thing. Yeah. Well, think, do no? they? I don't do well, I, I don't know. Because everyone just assumes that it's the woman, don't they? Uh, and in my case, it was. <laughs> it was yeah, my, I think the woman body. is a, a fe- the female is tested if it's a straightforward um, heterosexual relationship. The the female's tested first, isn't she? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Scoop didn't get tested until we'd been doing this shit for twelve, uh, ten years. But then the the. Isn't that because, correct me if I'm wrong, and I could very well be wrong, but isn't that because there's more, like, if a man is, um, ha- there's there's more problems that a woman can have than a man? 50%, 50% of, of um, infertility problems is caused by, yeah, well, it's equal. Which kind of makes sense, yeah. doesn't it? But I didn't know whether there was, but did, have they always known that? I don't know. I read that recently. Yeah, I've. Uh, it feels like. Sperm DNA fragmentation, for example, feels like something that's sort of newishly being looking looked at. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you still have to pay for it. It's not something that's on the NHS yet, um, which proves that it's a still a new thing, I guess. Um, but I wanted to talk about, like, um, shame and embarrassment because I will never forget having to tell people that I'd miscarried that first time I was just yeah so embarrassed and I think I didn't take any um what's the word sympathy because I I felt embarrassed you know when you minimize what you know when people minimize the experience and we talk about this all the time all the at least and things like that I was saying those to myself that first time just because I didn't want um yeah, I just didn't, I didn't think I deserved that sympathy. I thought um, it was my fault. And yeah, I just thought, I thought that I didn't know anyone else really, many people that this had happened to, and I didn't know how common it was. So I thought I was just useless, really. Um, And the embarrassment continued throughout our journey. Um, I remember when I fell pregnant with Bertie and I announced it and I'd mentioned how many losses we'd had before and people really, really close to me messaged me saying, oh my God, Laura, I didn't know that you'd had that many. And I was like, yeah, I just stopped telling people after all. I had my little inner circle that I would tell. The people who I knew by that point were good for me in that situation. The people I knew that, mm. I, that would be helpful. Um, but I just, I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't tell everyone about all of them because I just thought I remember saying this is getting embarrassing now this is this is ridiculous like what must people think about me and I know you shouldn't stress and worry about what other people think but I couldn't help it and I hated getting sympathy from people who had what I wanted because I think that they would be like oh poor girl yeah yeah it's I I remember the embarrassment of um I texted 
uh, one of my um, one of Rob's aunties who was coming over from Canada the day before my twelve week scan, mm. and um, sort of hinted to the to the to that I was pregnant with a like a you know winky smiley face you know probably something about not drinking or I don't know I can't remember what it was but it, it was a heavy hint and I was like oh tomorrow we might have some news for you type thing and uh and then I found out I'd lost the baby and I couldn't face texting her back because it was just so I felt so stupid I felt mm-hmm. so embarrassed so stupid that I'd allowed myself to to believe that it was I was going to be fine so so uncautious about everything and after finding out the 12 week scan just not really oh the 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 idea of telling someone that you're pregnant and then having to untell them be to get you know to to be like oh hi yeah I I was pregnant but actually I've lost the baby it's a really difficult conversation to have and yeah do you have it and and then I and then I obviously told the world (laughs) <laughs> with starting the the girl gang and stuff and writing that first article but i think that was part of it is that i felt so ashamed and mm-hmm. i felt so stupid for being smug and like stroking my little tummy and all that all that stuff that makes you sort of squirm inside when yeah. you think back of it i hated the thought that other women were feeling that that same level of shame because it's something that is really difficult to talk about so the warriorship we wanted to come and tell you a little bit about it didn't we bex and in case you're already going why we don't want to know about a fucking ship the warriorship is our online membership for warriors in this community it's packed full of stuff so we just want to tell you about some of the stuff all of the content from all of the courses that we ever run is in the warriorship so there's loads to get your teeth into and we are also developing modules for what happens after but not only that we've also got a ton of educational workshops running once a month in the coming months we have got body positivity workshop gratitude workshop and loads 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 more and on top of that we also have a resident mental health specialist and on top of that if if that wasn't enough there's 13 events every month and there's stuff popping up all the time as well that other people are organizing that you can be a part of so it really is thriving and all you have to do is head to the link in our bio or visit our website and you can be a part of this too we'd love to see you there all those first signs of pregnancy you know you just how you were so proud of your body changing and you're so excited by your boobs getting bigger and your nipples hurting and and maybe maybe you feel like you laid it on thick maybe you feel like you didn't really feel that sick but you were making a big deal of like I'm pregnant and I'm feeling really sick I'm feeling really nauseous I need to eat ginger biscuits every five minutes and maybe retrospectively now you look back and think oh my god I was such a dick about all of that completely I remember one of my colleagues saying to me Blimey, Laura, you're getting big early. Um, and I remember her saying, you're bigger than so-and-so, who we also worked with, who was about 20 weeks at the time, and I was 11. Um, you're, you're bigger than her. And and this is her third. Um, and I was like, yeah, well, you know, neither of us are small. We're obviously growing very big, baby. And then a couple of days later, found out that, you know, not only was there a baby in there, but there was also this big mass and that was my partial molar. And that's why I was so big, but I was, 
yeah, I loved it, this big bump. And mm. um, yeah, just I just so many times I felt like an absolute dick. Bug. Yeah. 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 And I don't know, we shouldn't be embarrassed of hoping and embracing what we're going through. But I think that it is, it's just the, the silence around miscarriage creates this, doesn't it? So the mm. fact that I thought that I was, you know, in the minority and that this wasn't happening to anybody else. Um, that's what made me feel embarrassed and feel like a knobhead. If I'd have known that it was happening to more people, I wouldn't have felt as ashamed. But I thought, okay, what's wrong with me to make this happen to me? Is it because I used to smoke? Is it because I'm overweight? Is it because are my jobs too stressful? Um, is it because we argued a couple of weeks ago and that would have been, you know, ovulation or whatever? Um, I, yeah, I think if if we, if we knew about it going on and it was something that was less taboo, um, it wouldn't make people feel as ashamed there would still be elements of it but I think the silence around it is what causes that embarrassment and shame definitely and I think the silence around it particularly in the first 12 weeks is also something that needs to everyone obviously everyone has their has their what they prefer you know their preferences and whether they keep it a secret or not but I just think that you shouldn't have to think of it as the first 12 weeks you shouldn't you know the moment you see a positive pregnancy test you kind of that's when you really really need the support isn't it that's when you mm. really need everyone to be on it yeah. with you for me that's the worst part of a pregnancy those yeah. early weeks um and I've tried all sorts different variations so there were some where we didn't tell anybody at all there were some where um we told everyone and there were some where we just told a few people um, and I think the latter is probably um, what worked best, having that support from the people that you know are good to support you, but um, not telling everybody else. Mm. But I always found that announcing, not announcing, but telling people that I'd miscarried is e was easier when it was somebody who knew. Yeah. Um, it was more upsetting for them because they were also invested in it as well. But um, telling people, oh, we were pregnant, but now we're not. I don't know. It just doesn't feel as real. Yeah. Does it? it doesn't doesn't feel as significant. Um, and it is significant. Yeah, of course it is. It's the most significant thing that you can go through. One of the most significant things you can go through as a, as a couple and a woman, I think, mm. finding out that, Finding out that you're going to potentially be parents is huge, isn't it? And yeah. exciting and and massive. And you can't help but think about, daydream about what life is going to be like. And then when it's all ripped away from you, if you haven't told anyone, you feel so alone in that grief and so left behind in a way, suspended in it because mm -hmm. no one else knows. So everyone cracks on as normal because they didn't even know you were pregnant. Yeah, and also like, like losing losing anyone in life, losing grandparents, for example. It's so much easier to talk about the memories and the good times with the people who also knew that person. When you're talking mm. to 
someone who doesn't know them they don't get it they don't know the relationship they didn't know them and and it's not um it's not as helpful um it's not as healing in your grief process it's not as there's no validation there's as little validation isn't there mm. when you're talking to someone who doesn't know how to support you mm. and that can exacerbate the feelings of shame because you feel ashamed of your the depth of your feelings because no one else has that same or not many people have that same kind of aptitude to be able to to ha- to to recognize the depth of your feelings and so you feel a bit ashamed of feeling so much i think sometimes yeah. we don't it's it's when you feel like laura i don't know if i've said this before but you might start to feel like your grief is disproportionate to your loss that's a really good phrase yeah i should I like use it more that. you should definitely use that more um, and of course you felt really guilty in pregnancy as well didn't you i did i felt really guilty in pregnancy because i felt like and this might sound silly i felt like the baby that i'd lost would think that i didn't care enough about them that i just got pregnant again to replace them and i therefore felt i felt i felt scared that by connecting with the baby i was pregnant with would mean that I, it would be taken away and mm. that somehow if I didn't connect with them, it would be it would be less painful if I lost them, which is crazy, right? And secondly, I felt like connecting with the baby was really disloyal to the baby that I lost. Mm. I can relate to, to the first one, but I, did, I never felt guilty for being pregnant again. Um, but I know that lots of people do. Mm-hmm. It's a tough one to manage because it's like we said at the beginning, it's those feelings that we don't we don't often talk about feelings that are, are not particularly aesthetically pleasing, do we? Mm. Anyway, like, you know, the toxic positivity is whether we like it or not, it's out there. And it's, you know, everyone only seems to want to hear about the the good stuff, the the yeah. joy and the love and the peace and the serenity and all of that good stuff, which is great, obviously. But if you don't feel like that, you that's fine, too. Yeah, it's like when when you get pregnant after loss and people are really happy for you and really excited. Um, I mean, that toxic positive, it's it's very toxic. And I think often people have the guilt that, like you mentioned, about replacing one baby with another. And that's part of the reason why it's really hard to hear that hope and joy from other people, because you don't want them to think that you are over it and everything is all good because you still want to remember the baby that you lost before I mean particularly relevant to people who have had later losses and stillbirths um it's I've just heard lots of stories from from these women about people finding finding so much joy and excitement in the new pregnancy that it's really hard for them to even connect like you said yeah, and I think there's that massive thing of people, and this goes for all pregnancy after loss, people breathing that big sigh of relief and mm. sort of other people thinking, oh, at least that's all over. She's She'll pregnant okay again now. now. Everything's fine. Whereas whether you lost your baby in a, a, you know, what's termed as a chemical pregnancy or it was a later loss, you still have that lived experience. You still have yeah. that grief. You still have that trauma that you went through. And whether a new pregnancy helps alleviate that or not, You've still been through it. And, you know, these experiences leave their scars on our mental health and our body and our emotions and all of that sort of thing. And they can't, you can't just overlook 
an experience, a lived experience, because you're now living a different one. And yeah. although obviously it's healthy to be to have the mantras like new, new pregnancy, new experience, and all that, it's also, in my belief, un- unhelpful to pretend that it what cancels it out to to, mm-hmm. to try and make it cancel it out. And I think the only way to do that is to accept that you can be you can be um sad and excited at the same time you can we have the ability to hold more than one feeling and you can grieve alongside hope yeah um and I think it's important to recognize that you don't have to be one or the other you can you can still do both you can grieve the the loss of your baby whilst being hopeful for a new pregnancy yeah like you just said um you said about the new baby alleviating or not the new baby but the new pregnancy um it alleviating the, the the grief a little and I think that you are allowed to feel that joy and hope and a little bit happier because this is happening um you have full permission to be hopeful but it's mm. really hard to do that yeah it is it is because I think a lot of us don't want it and you said this earlier like a lot of us don't want to set ourselves up for a fall and you feel like almost some of us feel like being hopeful is um setting yourself up to fail almost Mm. tempting fate you know yeah but Mm. we all know that you can't lose a baby by thinking about losing a baby right right yeah yeah anyway that was just a bit of an insight into the guilt and shame um, that you feel it, it, particularly in yourself but also to, uh, to you know around others partners family my advice would be find your little inner circle and you know share your pregnancy share your feelings with those people who you know are are good for you you will probably if you're here listening to this podcast you'll know the people who have let you down or the people who say the wrong things um they're not they're not your people mm. <laughs> and also be your mates but they're just not good in this situation it's I think it's a really good idea to sh- if you're feeling ashamed of your body or yourself or your womanhood or any, anything like that or you're feeling guilt anything like that if you share it amongst people within this group within the worst girl gang in our warriorship for example everyone has a different take on these sorts of things mm. and it's really interesting as someone you might have 10 different responses to uh, I feel like my body's letting itself down. And one of those responses might completely flip turn it for you and be able mm. to let you see it in a new light and see it in a new way and create something positive out of what is quite a self, uh, like a negative self thought. So it's what does always... your mum say? My I've mum. I've this story for a while. I haven't. I've never been able to tell it without crying and I'm not in a good place today. So well, hold on to your hats. Yeah. <laughs> So when I, the biggest sort of turnaround my mum did for me is when I was, when I'd lost um, the baby, I was in hospital. Oh God, already, here we go. I was in hospital for quite a few days afterwards because my body just wouldn't let go. And um, I had three rounds of medical, medical management, you know, the the medicine. And then I was booked in for a, for a surgical management. And my mum texted me one evening and she just, because I just felt like, I felt like, I'd lost the baby and now my body couldn't even my body couldn't even recognize the fact that I lost the baby and I was so like what the fuck just sort yourself out and my mum texted me and said tell your beautiful brave body it's okay to let go now 
And it completely changed it for me because I was like, my body was so desperate to be a mum again. It was so desperate to hold on. that It just didn't want to, it wasn't ready to let go. It wasn't ready to, it wasn't ready. And that was a really important turning moment for me because that's when I stopped blaming myself. I stopped blaming my body. And I was able to look at it as if, like I was a sort of warrior. Like my body was a warrior just desperately trying to cling on and desperately hoping for a different result. And I think if you can, if you can change and reverse anything just by talking to other people and getting other people's takes on it, it would be really powerful for you to 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 do because it certainly was for me. <coughs> <laughs> um, and on that note, sorry if we made you cry. Um, yeah, all done. I, I'm sure there's Lots a song, a song about being sorry. So sorry seems to be. No, that doesn't work. That is not the tune. Sorry, I made you find not very good at singing, mate. <laughs> sorry seems to be the hardest word. Yeah, but it's, that's not the tune. Well, you sing it then. Sorry seems to be the hardest word. I was going for like the end one. <laughs> sorry seems to be the hardest, hardest word. word. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going for. Uh, okay. okay, we need to get better with the singing. <laughs> Um, but yes, thank you for sharing what your mum said. I know that always really resonates with people. Yeah, it makes me cry. Anyway, sending you lots of love. Yeah, yeah. After this one, I think you'll need it. Yeah. Cheery, bye. Bye. See you next week.